0: and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner time is here, that's right, we're talking about season 3, episode 4 of Hannibal, on Dish by Dish. Well, greetings and salutations, and am your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the beautiful city of Florence, this is the Dish by Dish, uh, show. It's a project of, of Kill by Kill. We, we talk about an episode of Hannibal that we just watched and, and we hope we have a good time doing it. And of course, there's only one person I trust that if I have just been gutted, she'll bring me a lovely bouquet of flowers to perk me up. The one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina?
1: I would bring you flowers if you were gutted, if you had if you shattered your spine into 14 yeah. pieces. I'd, I'd be there for you.
0: Everyone really does seem to recover from what should be injuries you don't recover from Yeah,
1: they're, they're well. fine. They're fine. Everybody, everybody everybody on this show is here that you can't kill them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Raul Esparza especially.
1: When oh, he my takes God. Out,
0: he takes out his palate and half his face sinks. And you're like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He got shot in the face, everybody. Shot straight in the face.
1: after 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 being gutted in season one.
0: <laughs> and having his his intestines uh, pulled out on a spool um like a regular the cell
1: yeah so so somebody had to put them back in and <laughs> and and sew him up and and he's fine now he's, he's looking good he's making moves
0: <laughs> really this is the the doctor chilton hour if there's anyone um and he <laughs> He's a pick me. He just, he's throwing it out there to anyone who will listen. Listen, you and me, we're in this together, baby. And they're like, fuck off.
1: I'm going to go find a a disfigured
0: child molester to pair up with. I'd rather work with that guy than you.
1: Honestly, I I, I mean, really, I think at this point, I kind of had to go with Chilton. I mean, really.
0: Yes. I mean, they're both over gonna, they're Mason, both gonna, Verger. Yeah, I'm yeah, going with Chilton.
1: They're they're both gonna fuck you over in the end. But but mm-hmm. but I, I feel like that Chilton like would not feed you to pigs.
0: Yes, it, it, Chilton is not da- actively dangerous. He's passively dangerous because he's dumb, right? I mean, right, he's, and he's
1: he's dumb and thinks that he's smarter than everybody else.
0: Right. Yes.
1: Which clearly he, you would think that once you have been gutted. and been shot in the face, and the same person is responsible in different ways for, for those incidents, you would not try to continue pursuing this person.
0: Yeah, no, no. Or thinking that you have some sort of special dominion that would make that person respect you, or, like, all these people know you were an active fucking fraud who led to multiple deaths that did not need to happen because you wanted the fucking spotlight. They don't want any fucking part of you. Like, even Mason Verger is kind of like, you know what? I'm going to go with somebody who I can vaguely have a conversation with. (laughs) When, when, When a guy who doesn't really have the lower half of his face is like, I don't know, I'd like to look at somebody prettier. That is telling you something.
1: Yeah, he kind of looks like, uh, we should point out that Mason Berger is now played by a different actor. I don't know yeah. what happened with Michael Pitt, but... Um,
0: uh, nor do I. I. I I don't know if he got busy or he simply did not want to continue to work in Canada or, you know, he had something else scheduled, thought that maybe his character would be dead or something.
1: I mean, he should did, be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should not recover from dead. carving
0: your own face and feeding it to dogs. That, yeah. that should put you to bed. Everybody
1: yeah. on this on this show should be dead several times yeah. over. Um, but yeah, he so he still looks like James Rubaniac from like the like the hair down to about the top of his nose. Mm-hmm. And then like the the other the lower half of his face. Like, remember um that episode of the Twilight Zone where you have the really beautiful woman that everybody mm. She she's convinced that she's ugly because she looks different from everybody, and everybody else has like these kind of weird sort of frog faces.
0: Right. Yeah. He yeah. kind
1: of looks like that. Yeah. And, and for some reason, he's now talking like an old twenties gangster. Now, see here, <laughs> Margot.
0: <laughs> it is a, I mean, he's kind of handcuffed a little bit to what Michael Pitt was doing, and I would not want to be the person who follows Michael Pitt in the characterization game. Let's put it that way. Uh, that being said, yes, it, it's a little tin pan alley. It, it, it feels like he should, he's like selling, um, what should be encyclopedias out of a jalopy and it turns out to be an empty box. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure what that's, what that's a reference to, but I, that's, that's how it comes what? across.
1: It, it, it makes sense. It's like a, you <laughs> know, a, a 1920 snake oil salesman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like a huckster is what he sounds like now. Um so we sh- it should be noted that this particular episode as as we follow tradition here on Hannibal is uh named Apertivo. Uh Aperitivo is a pre-meal drink. Um and it's and the experience of an aperitivo is kind of a cultural ritual. It's a tradition meant to quote open the stomach before dining. There are all sorts of aperitivos. Um, and they're regional. Uh, generally, it's connected to whatever the local crop is. So if you uh, are, live in a place where you guys, you're, you're farming artichokes, they'll make an aperitivo of artichokes. And it's called Sinar, if I remember that. I might not be saying it correctly. But there's all sorts of aperitivos. Um, and so we open Uh, This particular, we already discussed it with Ronald Sparsa. Just trying to have a semi-okay conversation with known pedophile Mason Verger. And for whatever reason, uh, Mason's like, you know, I can do better. Uh, And what we do learn is that Mason has issued a $1 million reward for information leading to Hannibal but not necessarily to get him arrested.
1: Well, no, he just, you know, he just wants him brought to him. One thing, one thing I love about this scene is like uh, you kind of forget. Well, okay. The the show does open with like a nice little, nice little diagram showing (laughs) that bullet going right through Chilton's face and out the back of his head. Oh man. And again, it's like, okay, Brian Fuller, we love you, but he is not surviving that injury. When you, when you have a bullet go through your face and out the back of your skull, you're just kind yeah. of, you know, face planting right into, you know, the table you're sitting in front of. Like
0: what's holding the back of his neck up is my question. Like, so it, it went like through he, the he soft should, palate and it he took should out not a bunch be of able to, He
1: should not be able to talk for one thing.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, but, you know, he's, he's talking quite clearly, looks normal, has, you know, a, you know some sort of like you know, implant that holds his face up that you know he looks perfectly normal until he takes it out and it's like Bleh.
0: yeah it's a skyfall situation yeah but
1: i do love how this scene is framed where like uh mason berger wants to see what he looks like under all his makeup and all and it's mm-hmm. almost like eroticized like like yeah. a, like a scene where like okay i'm gonna take my shirt off now you take your <laughs>
0: shirt off <laughs> let's let's see each other at our ugly so that we we have no secrets
1: it's like, right.
0: Wipes the makeup off. And Mason has this Transformers mask that he puts <laughs> on that is comprised of f- four or five different parts. Uh, Boy. But uh, what it comes down to is Mason Verger is like, I can do better than you, pal. So what's a guy like Chilton to do? Well, why not visit your old pal, Will, who, once again, what kind of benefits does this section of the FBI get? His he gets the biggest fucking hospital rooms,
1: and all by himself too.
0: Yeah, he's not sharing that massive living room that <laughs> that is curtained on both sides like it's in a, a a music video from 1984 or The Hunger. It's just gigantic wood paneled unto himself, and so Chilton comes in. Is like, hey, um, we we've both been suckered by Hannibal uh, as if. As if he's been a part of this conversation or something, and he basically kind of comes off like a Will fanboy.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're incredibly smart. You know, you you uh, you know, you were the only one that could get through to him.
0: Yeah, uh, and only I can help you. You know how I helped you the last time into my mental institution, <laughs> and he pretty much proposes, "I think you should live in my mental institution." <laughs> like now it's a hard pass for me uh been there done that not looking to repeat it. nice flowers. thank you so much. want you fuck right off uh then th- and this particular episode seems to fly fast and loose with the time frame, right We're oh, all yeah. over the place. The, the the end of season two just happened but now it's like a whole year later or it's been six months or it's been three weeks. It's all over the place. I don't know exactly when all these incidents take place.
1: Well, yeah, you've got like the- you've got like a Lana who who landed back first on a on a on a concrete sidewalk from at least yeah. two stories. yeah, then she she's at <laughs> the, the hospital, you know bruised up. She's got some kind of like, like the halo thing, I guess kind of holding her spine together.
0: I, I think it's uh, her, they, they really focus on her pelvis. So I or think yeah, it's like, like, hold, yeah, she's like they're glued sh- her pelvis back together.
1: And, and then she's just barely limping with a cane after that.
0: Yes. She's mov- moving beautifully. Um, but the next thing that happens kind of chronologically in terms of the flow of the episode is uh, Jack going to Wolf Trap and asking Will, like, hey, you know, just so we can get our story straight. Um so you called Hannibal in advance. He was like, why would you do that? It's like, oh, I don't know. I wanted him to run. And uh maybe I
1: wanted to run along with him and be murder husbands together the <laughs> guy. I kind of maybe like him a little bit, you know, like him. I um, want him to be my boyfriend.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> Jack's like Oh, yeah, I made some mistakes. I made some serious <laughs> mistakes. I, this I was all to, a
1: really bad idea.
0: I got two very attractive guys together, and they got both murderous and horny at the same time next to one another, and it fucked up this whole investigation. And he should be out at the FBI. He should not still be working there at all. No. No. Um. So then... We flash back to Alana in that halo and Chilton is like, Hey, um, you had sex with Hannibal and I, I wanted to fuck him over. That's pretty much the same thing. Why don't we wonder twin powers activate? And she's like, um, I don't know how this machine works. And she just starts dialing up her middle finger at him.
1: Here's the like, like, uh, Mason Verger also references the fact that that Alana has had sex with with Hannibal, and it's like, how do they know this?
0: I, that's the thing. Like, how do they? I mean, I guess they were very flirty and out in the open at that one party they all attended. So, I think it was kind of out in the open that they were at least fucking.
1: Well, uh, all right.
0: You know, and it was legal for them to do. There's there's no law in the books that says Alana couldn't fuck a guy she did not happen to believe was a cannibal at the time. So she's I mean, skating you, on that one on a technicality. You, you,
1: who's among us, you know, hasn't dogged a bullet <laughs> in our day?
0: I mean, if he proposes it, honestly, if he proposes it to me. I'm going to like, mm, listen, I don't enjoy the whole cannibal thing, but you are exceedingly hot. And your cheekbones, I could cut like tin cans with like those uh, <laughs> scissors they used to sell on
1: television. <laughs> yeah, I could compartmentalize, you know, that, that that's your life, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, so then we flash forward to Alana's now out of the hospital and Will's out of the hospital and she wheels herself into Hannibal's house. And apparently everyone can get into this fucking house because, and when did his house become so wheelchair accessible?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say his, his, his like his house always really had a lot of corners. Right. And and a lot of sharp edges that does not seem to be disabled friendly.
0: No, but this is now like the second um, sort of, a wheelchair-packing mama who's been in and out of there because Doctor Abel was being wheeled hither and thither uh, throughout that entire place. So uh, it seemed to have a lot of stairs in season one, and then that all went away. Uh, how how is Hannibal getting uh, Doctor Abel up and down from the murder basement up to the kitchen?
1: Just just doing the doing the fireman's carriage. Yeah. <laughs> putting them over his shoulder like a beautiful lady. It also, he's getting a little smaller each time. <laughs> just I, you know, eventually, he's just a torso. Yeah, I, I could he's probably. He's cutting
0: weight, but like Yeah, not,
1: I, I could probably pick up a grown man who's just a torso. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> but but you're going to need straps, right? Like eventually, it's going to be like that guy hauling around his sister on Demon Slayer, an anime <laughs> show that my son watches that <laughs> I kind of pay attention to while it's on, but not really.
1: You know, just just you strap him to your back like uh like um, uh Yoda. I was to get that or uh, from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. The, uh, <laughs> he's a master master blaster. Master, master blaster, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but essentially, like he's he's figured out his own like rough and tumble workout routine. Where it's like I can't get to a gym, but I can hoist this one guy. I'm slowly eating and
1: torturing. I mean, it works. He looks great.
0: That's true. It looks fantastic. I mean,
1: maybe, What's his maybe, diet
0: again? What's the secret? It, it, maybe eating we should, the rude.
1: Maybe we should all try just keeping someone in our house and <laughs> dragging them upstairs, cutting off a piece of them, eating it, dragging them back downstairs.
0: You gotta save something for 2025, Gina.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> By year nine of this podcast, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll all have one guy we're slowly eating. Um <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways, um, Will's kind of a dick to her. I'll be honest with you. Uh, he's not in a position to act like a dick to Alana. I just don't think he's in a position no. to do that.
1: He's not really in a position to act like a dick to anyone at this he point. He really
0: isn't. Like, he's fucked up a lot of shit, right? They all paid for it, right? People getting slashed by the neck, pushed out of windows. Alana says the word defenestration and... I got a little aroused. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> we love defenestration on this podcast. Like we were a defenestration forward podcast for a very long time.
1: Yes. We always love We always love the defenestrating. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, then Alana at some time past this point, of course, ends up at the verger farm. Um, and she,
1: she immediately becomes a lesbian. <laughs> if, uh,
0: well, here's the deal. <laughs> When Margot enters the scene, I think most people become a lesbian. <laughs> That's just what happens. It's the it's the same but opposite of what is happening with Hannibal. They're too fucking hot. And if I was in Alana's shoes, and the last guy I kind of last two guys I had uh, feelings for, one was accused of being a cannibal but also sent somebody to kill my boyfriend who turned out to be that cannibal, maybe it's time to get out of the guy game and yeah, just you know, try you're not some wrong. new things.
1: You're not wrong. But yeah, I love how this, this scene is framed where... Uh, you know, she she's she meets uh Margot and like you can almost see it in her eyes. It's like, well, I like women now. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> Listen, I might I might not have before I I will say there are Pornhub previews that are more subtle than Alana and Margot's <laughs> flirtations, but I'm also not complaining. Um, and I I as a sidebar, I kind of had to wonder, and I don't know the answer to this. Do you think this was originally meant to be episode one? Because, and this is not a complaint. I'm just saying, as far as like the shifting time and playing with structure, it feels like even with the name Apertivo, this was meant to come first, to set the table. And then it would probably end with Hannibal killing Dr. Fell. It,
1: it does it, it does feel like, it, it does feel strange to have such a flashback-heavy episode, four episodes into the season, yeah, yeah, it's so almost, um, almost almost like recapping what has happened to these characters.
0: Yes, but at some point we needed to learn this information, and that's the thing. Like, if I don't know, a, a a less interesting show probably would have put it at the the front, but it also feels like it was designed to be the pickup after season three or at least at least episode two right yeah where okay we know exactly the state of play when it comes to Hannibal now what's everyone else doing and then we would find out but to have like Will just show up in Italy and then (laughs) go off to Castle Dracul slash Lecter and then have this it's it strikes me as odd i'm not complaining it's well, just i think it uh, also i
1: think it also adds to this this we've kind of uh driven this point home uh, a couple times already since we started this season but mm-hmm. don't don't expect anything in this season to make any sense uh, at, at, at times it feels like particularly in this episode and the next episode it feels almost like an ingmar bergman movie where everybody <laughs> is like you know, sort of frowning and like lit in shadow, and nobody's ever in the same frame together. So, like, you know, you have, uh, uh, you, like, this particular scene, you have, you know, Will murmuring something, and then Alana murmuring something, and then Will murmuring something, and then she walks away and he looks sad. And, you know, and it's like, and I'm, this isn't a criticism, but, but I, you know, you have each season has a very different tone to it. Like mm-hmm. the 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 first season is fairly close to a, a crime procedural
0: with right. yeah, with
1: yeah. really outlandish you know, horror, really outlandish murder scenes. Second season, it's a little more everything's a little more eroticized. And then it's and then the season three really leans into the surrealism. So it right. it, it makes sense to maybe not have everything be linear as far as when this takes place and when this person is suddenly, you know, walking around again. And when this person is called in to be a site, you know, to oversee another case, it, it just sort of adds that overall feeling of, of you know, I don't know what the hell we're doing. I don't know where we are. I don't know what day it is.
0: Yeah. uh, I, I it's, it's weird over the course of, how it played out, it was very procedural-esque in that first season, as you said. And then when it when once they, you know, put Will into the institution, you had to play that out. Like they still tried to play with that formula by having him consult and almost be a Hannibal-like consultant within the prison. And there were still things going on where, where he was still involved on some level. But that was like you had to get him out or change the dynamic of it for the show to get back to a, a different type of status quo. Whereas this particular season is definitely bifurcated. There are two stories at play here. There's Hannibal's Italian adventure and then Red Dragon. Those Those are the stories we're going to tell at this point.
1: When really... In a perfect world, Red Dragon just would have been its own separate season. Yes. But, then, but then you kind of, you know, up to a certain point, Hannibal's removed from that story and then it isn't Hannibal anymore.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a component that just wasn't going to work for 13. And I, I feel like Brian Fuller and company felt like we have to pull this trigger. Because if we don't like this, this season, probably if you go by normal metrics, shouldn't have happened. But NBC is like, there's a cult here. People are talking about it It gets such great reviews. If we just give it one more swing and if they had renewed it one more time, I think the audience that eventually found it on Netflix would have caught up and they would have been thrilled to find it on NBC the following spring, you know, For for sure. What are we going to do? We, we can't change everyone's business practices. So uh, it was nice to see Bella dropping back in here. Obviously not very long for the world. And I... Man, I can't say that the Jack and Bella stuff doesn't... Like, I openly wept. Openly wept. When If you have a character like that, and they, they, they are going through those emotions, and it's a cancer storyline, I just that connects with me, man. It just oh, does. Sure.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's beautifully done. And, and, and it's like a rare, genuine emotional moment in yeah. a, in a, in a whole series in which, you know, you, you can't trust the feelings that you have for anybody or the feelings they have, they might have for you.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, Ch- Chilton's really helping a local florist make rent for the month because every time he shows up, he's got another bouquet.
1: So, <laughs> He just got a bunch of them in his car. <laughs> I
0: guess so. He's just passing by the local cemetery. He goes, give me what you got. The whole load. <laughs> um, yeah. I, the, and then on top of it, the florist in town is now taking messages from Hannibal the cannibal.
1: Yeah, just you conveniently.
0: Yeah. I wrote this lovely note. Please send this bouquet. Uh, he just, he wants to be caught.
1: That's the only, that's
0: what it comes down to. Hannibal wants to be fucking caught because there's no reason for him to constantly ankle himself about staying on the run. Like he would be fine if it weren't for his, I need to get truffles and wine and constantly kill people. Like he should slow that down, kill some people you don't know.
1: Yeah, well, that's what we were saying in the last episode that, that he's not going out of his way to not call attention to himself. Mm-hmm. And and even, you know, uh, um, Bedelia pointed that out to him. Like, you, you can't keep killing people in the same social circle. Right. You know, it's going to come back to on you pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Bedelia, I, again, either in a heroin haze, I'm not entirely sure what her deal is. If she's just that drunk, or she's disassociating. I mean, yeah, this I think is a she, she
1: just—I think she just kind of checked out, like yeah. mentally, at this point.
0: But she does like the wine and the truffles. She,
1: <laughs> I mean, she
0: she likes seafood for dinner. Like she's is she's, she's got a great bathtub. Things are coming up Millhouse for her left and right, and she, she's kind of protective of it. Like, hey, we had a plan. We would come here. You would assume somebody's identity. You would lay low. Kill the occasional rude person because that's what you do. But I've come to accept that. But you don't involve, you don't, don't fuck up. All right. Don't shit in your house, basically. Right. And Hannibal wants to take a shit in the house and no one can stop him. (laughs) He's getting high on his own fucking supply. He Um, would be
1: appalled that you would put it that way. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he would be. I would be on the menu. You, for would, just be, that you,
1: you would just be a rack of ribs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, my ribs are looking a lot better uh, these days. Uh, drop, cut, I'm cutting my own weight and I don't have to lop off a limb to do it, baby. That's right.
1: <laughs>
0: um, and then we meet one character who will become more important the farther we go. And his name is Cordell. Um, and he's a wonderful change of pace for this show. He's an easy listening kind of psychopath.
1: <laughs> Where do people all find each other? <laughs> <laughs> they
0: just the thing is like you you swing a dead cat and you hit somebody who's capable of murder. On yeah, the
1: show. I, I just think it's funny. Like, just everybody you know has either seriously thought of or has definitely killed someone
0: definitely capable of murder they can pull it off for you and you can conspire with
1: them the the best you can hope for is that maybe they won't murder you at some point yes but they They, might
0: they they might i i don't know how anyone enters into a contract with fucking mason Verger. i I just that to me seems like a bad idea but i you know
1: well i think i think here everybody thinks that they have something on each other that Mm -hmm. you know you won't do anything to me you won't betray me because i know your secrets but 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 i don't think mason berger really cares very much if you know his secrets
0: because he's rich enough not to fucking care i mean we every day we get proof of being too rich to care about shit i mean this This won't make a lot of difference when this comes out. We're trying to do some things in advance. So we're not always behind the eight ball here, especially with summer coming up. But like today, as of this recording, Elon Musk was like, Hey, this guy uh, should be the mayor of Los Angeles. First of all, You left this fucking state, A, because you were under investigation for shitty working conditions. And two, you said, the the, the state is onerous to my business, so I'm going to leave for Texas. So get the fuck out. If Elon Musk says, this guy has good ideas, that person is not someone you should be fucking trusting with anything, let alone being the local dog catcher or mayor like Rick Crusoe. Holy fuck, what an asshole this guy is.
1: Right, but because because um Musk has money, people equate that with, well, they must be very smart.
0: Yes, yes. And he's yeah, smart enough to buy businesses that were created by smart people. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, but you know, if, if Mason Berger had any shame for what he did was doing, or worried about being caught, he wouldn't do it. That's how these things work. That is how right. criminals operate. <laughs> So the idea is, well, I will, you know, I will team up with this guy, you know, because I, you know, he's not going to betray me or hurt me or do it or, you know, literally stab me in the back because, you know, I I know his secrets. You know, he he gets rid of me, you know, you all hell will break loose. Well, he doesn't care.
0: (laughs) He truly does not. He's, He's very single minded as to what his mission is now. He's very focused on Hannibal Lecter. Um, and we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, poor Cordell, uh, seems like a great nurse. We'll see if he's a great psychopath. Who knows?
1: He looks like, he was looks a- like he gives a great facial. <laughs> I, I don't mean that in a sexual sense. I, I mean that he <laughs> literally puts something on, on Mason's face. And I, I assume kind of, you kind of softens the, uh, the healing the tissue. tissue. And yeah. It makes it, yeah. makes it less painful. So mm-hmm
0: uh, the thing that I did not remember uh, from not having watched this in quite a long time is that Will sailed across the Atlantic Ocean. Who did is
1: I, who is funding this this, <laughs> this this you know whirlwind trip through Europe?
0: I, I I don't know. I don't know. Like is he go? Is he living in hostels? I mean, he can't he can't sail to Lithuania. I guess he sailed to Italy, but I don't know. It gets even weirder the next episode, but we won't worry about that for another two weeks. Uh, Next week, we'll have a regular episode of Kill by Kill. Um, And uh, Josh Hollis does all of our artwork. A Revenge Body does all of our music. If you want this remix or any of our themes, go to bandcamp.com slash Revenge Body and pick it up uh, for a great price. Uh, Gina, where can people find you on these here internets?
1: I write about movies and television at the net a uh, recent review I have done is of David Cronenberg's crimes of the future which yeah. is very good and you should go see it it'll probably be out on streaming by the time this comes out because that's the things the way things work now um, true, yes. and I am on Twitter and Instagram under Gina does things.
0: Do it today, people! Check it out. Um, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, good pods, um, pod uh, pod reviews, all of it. Um, we have a link tree. Uh, go to our link tree, and it'll tell you all the places that you can go to uh, rate and review us or support us. Find us on socials, uh, our Patreon, where we uh, uh, last month uh, we uh, watched Alley Cat. Uh, great fantastic uh, 1984 lady karate movie and of course the uh, Rob Zombie version of Halloween um, and so much more to come this next month on Patreon. It's a bargain at twice the price. I promise you. Uh, but don't worry folks. The body count will continue for myself and Gina. Bye bye everybody.
1: Bye.